So let's see. Well, I, I thought um, I'd like to say a few words about kindness. Always a good theme. <laughs> and it's something that um, has been on my mind recently. Seems to me yeah, it's a theme that e easily comes to mind, not just traveling around or anywhere, because the effects are so... Um, Evident, obvious, or, or strongly felt, if in, in you know relationships, if, if you travel around, if you meet people, both the um, absence of kindness, when you feel the absence of it, what that does to relationship and, and how we feel, and also how we how strongly we can respond to to kindness when it is when it is there, um, when we receive it. Or when we are open to it in ourselves, you know, just noticing the, the, the difference. Of course, it's not just a simple kind of switch on off kind of thing. Um, but I think it's always a very important quality, quality of heart, feeling quality to attend to, to notice. In fact, uh, I, I remember one teacher saying that we can take that as an indicator. I mean, the, this, sometimes say the, the unobstructed heart is always naturally acting or relating uh, from kindness, so there's, there's some sense of kindness and would always be there. So if you feel, if you notice, you know, if you check in in, in any kind of situation that, that it's missing, that we can't feel that, then we can that take that as an indicator in ourselves that's something we need to attend to. Interesting, of course, again, what, what we would do with that, with that suggestion. So not meant as just another thing to judge ourselves over about not being kind enough or something, you not know, just as a, like a little signal lamp coming on as, oh, you know, there's something missing here. Um, what, what is it? You know, what is obstructing the heart? So you're probably, most of you are aware of the, the, the traditional form of, of metta meditation. Uh, it's, it's usually, um, there's a standard practice, which uh, is, is usually taught in a way where you recite a, a standard phrase to yourself. I guess there are some variations of it. The way I use it is, is, is uh, you just say, may, may I be well, may I be peaceful, may I be happy. So that's referring to oneself, actually traditionally, the way the, the, it's, it's, it's taught in Asia, in Asia, is you always start with yourself first. And I think the assumption there is, is cultural assumption behind it that it's actually easy for us. That's, that's the way the, the, what the, even the scriptures or what the Buddha assumed. Um, that it's, all, it's easy for all, of, for all of us, for human beings, to like themselves. We all like ourselves. You know? So it's the easiest thing to start with oneself, to wish oneself well. Which to, to many Westerners seems actually strange or counterintuitive. Often for, <laughs> for many Westerners, not for everybody, but it's the other way around. That's usually the, often the hardest part of it, to actually you know, offer kindness and, and well-wishing to oneself. Interesting, isn't it? So it just shows, I think, in, in one example, in, in the importance also to pay attention to the actually cultural 
background in which we actually practice a Buddhist teaching, which might be actually very different in terms also of our psychological framework of how we respond to those teachings. Now here in Northumberland from, you know, 2,500 years ago in the, uh, in, nor- in the north of India. And so mostly how, how, how we use it, or I have heard it taught, is actually we, we do go a bit the other way around. You know? So just to, for most people perhaps it's easiest to bring up the memory or the, uh, an image of somebody that you feel um, easily or naturally kind towards. Let's say somebody that you feel very grateful towards, you know, people who have done, you know, some very beautiful, helpful things to you. We, we, hopefully, we can all think of, you know, somebody or some people. So, I just go through this kind of in drive. I mean, if you like, you can just, you know, try and tune into them at the same time in, in, in you know, in your own uh, mind or your, your body as you speak about it. But, so the, the idea is then, if you do that, you hold that image, and then, first of all, the way you know, for I, I would see it, I want to say, so just see what, how that affects yourself. How does it? How does that affect you? What, what happens when you bring up this, this memory? Do you feel a response of that? I'm going to say, like in the mind, but for me, particularly important is where, where do you feel that? Can you actually feel something in the body? Now, it's, it's slightly different for each of us, but. Uh, for me, and I assume for most people, something like feelings like kindness, you know, it's really literally in the, in the, almost in the physical heart area where we feel kind of a resonance, you know, some sensitivity there. So in that practice, say we, we bring up somebody, uh, uh, the, the memory, the image of somebody, um, we can easily feel grateful and therefore kind towards, and then we might use, for example, that, that phrase, you know, um, we bring us that image and then we wish them well saying silently in our mind or in our heart um, to that person, may you be well, may you be peaceful, may you be happy. You know? And then I, I would also, if you, if you try and use this as a practice, I would just like to encourage you to really bring that feeling you know, into, the, into the body and into the, uh, into the chest area and see whether you, you, you feel some resonance there, you can get something going, some sensitivity, maybe some warmth, and um, no matter whether you know that's strong or very subtle, but really to bring your attention there and almost kind of massaging that space, you know, with your attention, you know, or massaging that feeling into your attention, you know, but bring that into the body. And if you don't feel anything, uh, but you're interested in the practice, it's, it's just it's a tool, of course. So, uh, just like many other tools, you don't, you know, it doesn't always work, and it's. You know, it's different for different people. So if it doesn't work, you know, don't worry about it. There are many other things, you know. But if you like to try this out and cultivate it, then even if you don't feel anything, you know, never mind. You know, just, just if you can get an image and if you can get a, get the thought and can repeat it to yourself and that feels authentic enough, it's really what you feel or like to feel about that person. You just, you know, keep that as a practice, keep that going. Maybe sooner or later you will get some, you know, resonance also in the body. And then... The interesting thing is the important thing as a practice for me is then to actually pick that up and really consciously cultivate that. Because you see, it's like a resource that we can develop. You know? it, we can just recognize 
say, with this kind of stimulation that might initiate and also trigger that, that kind of particular kind of feeling, you know, like other things, other memories might trigger other feelings. You know, we can choose that skillfully to trigger that feeling, then realize that it's something that we have, it's something that we can feel, and we can pay attention to that, and so we can cultivate it, almost like a, you know, this is like a, like a resource, as, as, as something that we can do, uh, that we can lean into, and that we, we can strengthen. You know? In the same way as we sometimes talk about cultivating awareness you know? and meditation through, through the simple mindfulness practice of always bringing awareness back to the breath. You know? The more we do that, of course, that you know, slowly, slowly, perhaps imperceptibly, that capacity of just being aware of something for a start, apparently kind of neutral, like the breath, kind of strengthens. You know, the same way also this feeling. You know, the physical resonance that goes with it of kindness is something that we do, that we can consciously cultivate. And it might sometimes be a dramatic you know, event or process, sometimes just a very slow or steady kind of thing. But it's important to recognize it in ourselves. And it's something that is ours. You know, that feeling is ours. You know. So then... If we stay with that in a meditation you know, over a period of time, we can just, so then we can just keep paying attention to that and strengthening it. And then we can start to play with that space. You know, it's an attention practice, isn't it? We bring awareness to that, to that area, bring the awareness in the body, in the chest, we pick up that feeling and we merge those things. We merge our attention with that feeling. And it's like we, we are creating a warm space, a hard space, you might like to say. So we, we are aware of the fact that our attention is not just attention. It has a quality, and it has an effective quality. It, it, has, it has it anyway, in some way or another, whether we are aware of it or not. But in this case, we pay conscious attention to it, and we try and cultivate a quality of warmth in our attention. So it's like we're creating not just a space of awareness, but it's like we're warming it up. We're creating an atmosphere, which is an atmosphere of kindness, of welcome. And the most obvious, to me, one thing is the most obvious place where we feel that is, is in the body and starting in the chest. And we can, of course, then start also consciously to feel, to let it allow it to spread in the body and see how does that affect our body. We can even consciously address it, you know, to, to the body, like, like we can also use that phrase and wishing our body well. You know, may our body be well, if that makes sense to you. you know, may it be peaceful. May it be happy. Certainly wellness makes sense. You know? For some people, maybe also you know, a happy body makes sense, you know? a peaceful body. And that's something we can use a lot, particularly when we feel discomfort in meditation as well. Some pain or if you're dealing with some illness. You know? Notice the difference if you pay attention to discomfort or pain in the body, if it, it carries a sense of kindness, you know, and kindness towards the body. It does something you know, to our attention, to the way we receive our experience. You know? And also... Um, trying to ground it in the body is also, uh, to me, uh, a way of making it more uh, stable and durable. It's, it's literally we can carry it around like that in, in our body. Wherever we go, we, we carry around our body. And so if we can, if we can ground this, this feeling of kindness in our body, we're carrying that feeling also around with ourselves. So it doesn't become some outer space we space out into, which is all kind of beautiful or something, but then it... You know, if it's, if it's not grounded in the body, it will easily fall apart when it meets some challenge. If we it, if it can manage to get it on the body, it would be more stable. And so that's then also the way um, we can further develop it. First, if we have established this space for a while, then we realize we have this space, and then we can invite different 
people into that space. You know? We can play with our mind, with our memory, can we can bring up uh, images of different people. You know? And usually then the recommendation, of course, is always to bring up first people we find this natural to feel kind towards them. So we just you know, bring in various people and just see what happens to the space. The idea is really, if possible, to just really you know, keep developing this, you know, making it stronger, you know, getting a little bit more warmth, more warmth, more warmth. You know. And then after a while, then we, we, we start to invite people into that space which maybe we just feel neutral about, usually normally, just see what happens. No, which is then an interesting movement. So ideally, say, if you have actually created this capacity, this space and this feeling in ourselves, we might start to realize this is actually quite independent. No, it might have been, it's ours, so to speak. It doesn't have to depend on the person um, that we are thinking of or that we are in, in contact with, that we are relating to. It might be easy, and that's why we start, you know, as a person that we, that we do like, that we feel grateful towards, to actually... Um, sparks us in ourselves to recognize ourselves and get it going. But then it's actually something that we can do. It's, and that's an, there's an empowerment in that. You know? Of course, to, to practice with that, you know, people who don't usually mean anything to us, they can come into this space and then we think of them and we might, you know, we can, for example, repeat the same phrase, oh, may they be well, may they be peaceful, may they be happy, and just see what happens. And continue the practice. We might notice that, or maybe it just starts to cool down a bit, or doesn't mean anything, or it might also affect actually the way that we, you know, feel about those people. You know, think about those people. We might start to see them in a different way, pick up different perceptions from them. So it can be very interesting. And the real challenge, and what what usually, of course, uh, traditionally, my, particularly, um, meta meditation, kindness meditation, is, is indicated for is, of course, when we bring like in our formal meditation, if you bring people into our consciousness, into our memory, that we don't like so much or don't like at all or, you know, just had a conflict with or a difficulty, you know. And then again, see what happens. I, I think for the gist of the practice, not to, to demand or expect from ourselves you know, some result that something really good should be happening, something should change, it might not, you know, might bring up a person that you don't like or the, the person you really have a difficulty with this and you feel their heart space, you know, closes down. Now, of course, that's what, what usually tends to happen for us, which is precisely what, you know, what meta meditation you know, is one of the tools that tries to address that. If that happens, then we are not supposed to just keep trying hard and, or judge ourselves or, you know, try a bit harder. No, then we go back to a place where we find that easy. You know? We go back to maybe somebody that we... The, the person perhaps that we started with or the situation or whatever it is. Why? In order, because we recognize, okay, the strength, you know, of that hard space for us, of the, the kindness, is not, it's not strong enough, it's not well enough established, so we need to do a bit of more work, you know. Um, like if you're a weightlifter and you're trying to do this new record and, you know, the, the weight just doesn't move, you know. All right, you go back into your gym and do some more practice. And so, yeah. Try some lighter weight first you know, until you get stronger, and then you can try again. Until maybe sometime you, 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 it does work for you in some way or another. In, in other words, there is actually a shift of perception. And that, of course, is not to expect that certainly we like that person. You never know. <laughs> you can always be open to surprises. But that's, of course, it's not what uh, kindness meditation is about. It's not about 
liking, where we, we dislike or pretending to like. But it's to see that whether, whether we can develop a capacity to build an inner strength of heart, of, of kindness that is ours, that we can radiate, that we can put out, which is independent from what comes in from the other side. And that's something that sometimes just needs, you know, a gradual kind of training of the heart as a capacity that we can develop. Um, and it is a very strong uh, empowerment if that if that works, because it means we are our, our heart becomes more independent from uh, other people. Other people will be less capable of influencing or dictating kind of our moods or states of mind, you know, because we we, we develop our own inner resource for, you know, uh, feelings of uh, goodness, uh, well-being or kindness towards ourselves and others. But it might, of course, also um, give us that extra space in which we can receive unpleasant experiences. And, of course, it can be interactions with other people or other people that we perceive as unpleasant or or, or things that they do, but, but it applies to any kind of uh, experience that we might dislike and therefore habitually contract against this might just give us that extra space to actually allow ourselves to stay more open and to be more willing to actually feel that unpleasantness. Hmm. And that gives us then the, a platform of strength from which we can actually then also investigate. And in, in the case of, of people, other people, for example, and also the strength to just look at them in, in, in different ways and, and see different aspects of them that, that maybe get just clouded over or blocked out if you're just reacting you know, to our perception of feeling that they are being unpleasant you know, or unkind to us. So to be able to, to distinguish those two things and separate those things you know, in order to wish somebody well, genuinely, not pretending, but really feeling that in the heart, that's... A, Again, also important to actually try and locate that actually as a, as a true resonance, feeling in the heart and being able to cultivate that. You know, to wish somebody well, that may they be well, may they be peaceful, may they be happy, does not have to depend on us liking them or agreeing with them. And when, if the more we can actually see that, maintain that actually, in a feeling, in an energetic way in our relationship, it's, it can have a, a very positive effect in, in, in our relationships. As, as you know, we will have seen, like particularly if there's, particularly if there's a conflict, if, if there's a disagreement, and, and we easily get into an argument, often a sensible way of moving forward in such situation of conflict is, is the fact how we just bounce off each other emotionally. You know, this is so much gets just obstructed by that, you know, that other, other, the other people, same as us, will most instinctively and immediately, you know, just pick up where other people are coming from emotionally, whether they are, you know, afraid or aggressive, you know, whether they're judgmental or so forth. So that's often what doesn't allow us to actually hear even uh, maybe a very sensible argument. You know, before it actually goes into our, into our mind, we already react on an emotional level to their emotional state, you know. So you'll, you'll find or you will have found probably in, in situations before that if you had to point out something maybe difficult to somebody else where you disagree with what they've been doing or something, if you've been able to prepare yourself or really come to a place where you can maintain a sense of kindness towards them, it's, it tends to be much easier 
you know, it's not an all heal. It doesn't always work, of course. Also depends on the capacity of the other person actually to pick it up. <laughs> depends on where they are at. But it's be more likely for them to actually hear you and actually pick up the fa- the fact that you are actually still coming from a place of of kindness towards them, of being well disposed. And then you can actually take in also something that might be difficult, the criticism. Whereas if you come from anger, from trying to get one over them or something, then even if you've got the best argument and, 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 and actually, you know, they, they, they might not, they're much as likely to hear that, isn't it? They will react actually to just feeling attacked and are going to more, much more likely than attack back unless they have done some extensive meta practice maybe. <laughs> But also, uh, the other very important thing, just in, in I think it's just in our practice in, for ourselves, you know, how we relate to ourselves, and, and the inner conflicts that we are carrying with ourselves. Uh, traditionally, uh, I believe, or what I hear and read in 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 Thailand, and probably in most, maybe in, in most of Asia, Southeast Asia, or Asia and Buddhist countries, I think traditional meditation. Uh, teachers always instruct the meditators to start the meditation with, with a period of loving-kindness meditation. Mm. Not usually of this traditional kind. So just, just the first few minutes. And I find that interesting. The way I understand it, it is really like it's like it, tuning the mind before you start to work with it. No? So it's like in an orchestra when, when, when you... When you go to a concert, you know, this is tuning the instrument before actually the, the, the music is, is played. And it makes very good sense to me when, when, I, when I try that. Now we don't, this is, this is just a traditional kind of exercise, you know, going through with this phrase, going through these different sets of people, you know, starting or finishing with yourself, taking it into your, into your body, into the, then moving on, say, into whatever your meditation practice is, anapanasati or, or, or whatever else. But we can really be creative, whatever works for us. Like I don't often or, or usually use this, this particular exercise at the beginning of the meditation, but I find it very valuable to just pay attention to them. What's actually the quality of my attention? You know? And trying to find that sense of softness, of kindness in there before I, you know, I, I move, say, or try to move <laughs> deeper or forward with any kind of, you know, the technique of body awareness or, or whatever I'm, I'm doing. Because, in my experience, it really makes a lot of uh, difference. And it's, it's important because I think it can also easily be overlooked you know, the, if it's absent. The absence of kindness in our attention uh, can easily be overlooked. You know, sometimes uh, we can just... Uh, plod on with our meditation, you know, you, you know this is expressions like hammering away or something, you know, at your <laughs> anapanasati or whatnot. And you're not really being aware that we might be doing that in a very negative kind of state of mind or being very kind of critical in, it, in ourselves or, or you know, trying hard to achieve something or struggling. And, and some, it's just this very simple quality of just relaxing a bit, softening a bit and bringing some kindness into the, the very way that we relate to ourselves or to our body, to our own mind in meditation that makes all the difference. Um, which you might notice, you can just ask yourself on that experiment, when if you are doing, say, anapanasati, you know, attention of the breath, and you've just noticed that for the last 20 minutes you've just spent on 
on planning tomorrow night's dinner or something like that, you know, something harmless. You know, there's been 20 minutes spent on that. And then you notice that, you know. Of course, in that moment where you notice that this is what you're doing, you're quite present, no? There you actually, you are actually, at that moment you're actually aware you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, no? But then, what are you doing next? No, that would be the test, you know, where, what, what, what's, what is actually the, the basis on, on which your, your mind is established. Are you feeling happy or, or congratulating yourself for actually being present, having come, having actually noticed? Or, you know, are you or am I judging myself for just having wasted 20 minutes of time? You know, and see what difference that makes in, in our mind, in, in how we evaluate our practice and how we actually move on from there. We move into a judging state, or if we move into into a place where we can actually celebrate presence, whenever we are aware of it, whenever we move into that. In order to celebrate presence, to develop what Ajahn Benindo sometimes calls appreciative, non-judgmental awareness, this this quality of of kindness has to be there. In fact, it, it seems to me it's 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 an, an inherent quality of awareness if it is unobstructed. It's not just a neutral kind of sterile mental quality of knowing. That's what often we talk about in, in, in Buddhism we have this term, the, the Pali term is chitta, no? it translates sometimes as heart, sometimes as mind, sometimes as heart-mind. No? Because it has both those aspects, what we in, in, in Western um, terminology we, 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 we qualify more, as, like, more traditionally as mind, you know, the thinking, the more analytical knowing capacities, but also the hard qualities, the feeling qualities. Mm-hmm. And awareness as a, as a refuge, as a space of knowing that we, that we take refuge in, which is, which is liberating, you know, which, which creates a, a space of freedom, which, uh, which can embrace our, our experience in a non-reactive way, you know, has to have both those qualities. You know. it, has, it has a hard quality. It, it has a quality of warmth, you know, that, that very term of embracing insinuates that. And therefore it is, it is also uh, uh, an experience that can be accessed through, through both of these, these qualities. I, I think, and that's why like in, it, let me talk about the Satipatthana meditation, usually we, perhaps most people tend to associate it more or try to access it through this knowing quality, mindfulness, just knowing what is, what is present. But to realize those have to go together, it also has to have that effective quality. It's also in the just knowing, it's a, it's a feeling kind of knowing. So there's also the, the capacity to just feel you know, whatever it is in a non-reactive way. And that creates that space in the heart, which is naturally kind, which is naturally patient, which is naturally equanimous, which I, I like to see, therefore, as the, as the, the ground of what's, what we call the, the, the Brahma Viharas, the four divine abidings. Kindness, metta, which is usually what you know what's referred to then in metta meditation, and also about uh, karuna, compassion, um, mudita, or sympathetic joy, and upeka, equanimity. Mm-hmm. There's obviously this this this, this quality, this, this feeling quality, embracing quality of and that we can have in our in our awareness of our experience, has a sense of of kindness, of allowing of not judging. And in that, it is equanimous, 
I get receives experiences like that in a non-judgmental way. That means it, in itself it has no preference. You know? It'd be able to actually receive I mean, our preferences and be all right with them. You know? But also has then, if we can abide in it, the strength to not follow our preferences not, or not, not needing our preferences to be followed in order to feel all right. You know? So therefore, it's the basis for patience, for equanimity. Uh, it's a sense of equanimity, that evenness of no preference. Uh, and it is a space, if, if it's if that, that hard space of awareness which is responsive, then also naturally, spontaneously, will then resonate with the quality of the experience that we relate with, that is, with compassion towards pain and suffering, and with joy, of course, to, towards... Um, towards uh, you know, wholesome states of mind or experiences, you know, or pleasant ones. Mm-hmm. So therefore, also in, in, in Buddhism, we also have those. We always have those qualities going together: you no know, compassion and wisdom. You know, the, the two qualities, you know, one with the other, is, is really kind of unbalanced and not quite complete. You know, they define each other. Now you can see this: the the the, um, the value of of paying attention to both of those aspects, and when we and develop our awareness. And there you see then also, to, to me, I, I feel I see the connection of meta-meditation also with, with insight, you know, because it, it belongs naturally to the experience of awareness, which can just receive our experience uh, in a way that is, is non-reactive. And um, if, if, we, if we connect to that and discover that in awareness, then, then hopefully we see, I mean, that also that meta-meditation of kindness is not about producing you know, a particular kind of loving feelings or something. You know, those, you know, those might arise or not, like, you know, saying if, if, you, if you tune into, the, uh, bring up the memory of somebody and, and repeats this phrase, you might get a resonance, uh, feeling resonance in the chest and you might get very you know, beautiful and, and, and flowery and strong feelings so that might or might not. You, know. you might even, depending you know, how you're conditioned where you are, you might even get a, you know, allergic reaction to the Doing, trying that happens. Therefore, to me, it's, it's, I I'd sometimes prefer also this, this term of patient kindness to loving kindness because it doesn't have to manifest in, in, in what maybe we tend to associate with this idea of loving or lovingness. You know? If you see, if you talk about it as this basic, essential quality of unobstructed awareness you know, of that warmth, and you realize it is more about it's, it's something that's more. It's more subtle, more even. You know, it's more. It's, it's, it's this quality of warmth. Um, it's a quality of of patience. You know, being patient, being a true patient, of course, is not to do nothing to do with just grinding our teeth and putting up with something. But this real willingness, this allowing uh, an experience to be there, even if you don't like it, you know, that's the basis of patience, equanimity. And I think that's something that we can pick up sometimes when we. With, the people, when they are in a space of kindness and openness, when we meet them, particularly if you're suffering and, and feel constricted about it, it's something about the fact that they're able to receive us and our pain in a spacious, non-judgmental way. But space, spacious not in a, because they are spaced out or something, <laughs> but in, in, a, in a way in which they're very present for us, really able to meet our pain, you know, Know, making space for it in a non-judging way. So that's so that, that it, it needs 
the, 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 the that, that strength of equanimity, that's a kind of structure as, as well that's, that's provided for to be, that we can actually be able, uh, enables um, our kindness. So that's an encouragement to just um, to see the value of, of really consciously pay attention to that um, that quality in, in, in our, also in our formal meditation. However, we want to do that. You know, whether you want to set up, you know, always remember to do a bit of you know, pay conscious attention to that at the beginning of your meditation or whichever way it works for you. As one uh, extra to that, to, to say that also it can work also as a specific tool to unify the mind, to, to work towards more collectedness of mind. Mm. And I, I had that once, and I, I think I shared it here before, maybe with some of you, when I, some years ago, I, I visited um, Amaravati Monastery, actually similar, similar time, like in April, when we have all, you know, a lot of business meetings there. And that was an interesting experience I had because we had a lot of, lot of meetings, business meetings, and also in between meetings, I met a, as, met a lot of old friends that I hadn't seen, some of them for a long time. So over this period of a few days, there was a lot of, lot of talking, you know, a lot, lot of conversation and taking in news, and quite a bit of it was about you know, problems that people had and, and suffering. And, and after a few days of that, pretty continuously, <laughs> my mind, I think, was in a bit of a state, you know, just being con- continually activated in some way. You know, there's a lot of stuff running around. And I had to, uh, finally, I had a day, I had a morning free. There wasn't anything. You know, I didn't have to see anybody. And I got up quite early for some reason. And I thought, oh, great, I just, I go into this was a little shrine room that I know, just do some meditation. And I went just by myself. And wasn't anybody else there early in the morning. I was sat in the shrine room in front of the Buddha Rupa. And I practiced, or tried to practice, what I would usually do, usually do, just awareness of the body, awareness of the breath, just being with whatever you know, was manifesting. But uh, my mind was basically just all over the place. You know, what was man- manifesting was just endless kind of stories, thoughts and thoughts and thoughts, just trying to processing, you know, just various carousels going on, almost like, like some some troop of helicopters kind of exercising some wild uh, maneuvers in my brain, you know, different kind of stories about you know, all those meetings that I picked up and different people and problems and thinking about, you know, oh, you know, that person and, and, and this, is, how's, how's he going to deal with this? Should I somehow, you know, should I say something on, you know, or, or should I not say something or can I help, can I not help? And you're trying to, you know, all these different kind of problems and feeling about looking for something somehow to put that to rest or something to do, you know, so just a lot of different problems, say, word manifesting in the, in, the, in the mind with lots of problems, and the mind responding with even more attempts of um, solving those problems. Mm-hmm. And the result of that, whatever it was, it certainly wasn't um, samadhi, <laughs> it wasn't um, well-being and, 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 and restfulness or... or um, peace. As I was sitting there, it was interesting that I just kept trying to do whatever I was trying to do, but then suddenly this this phrase came up in my mind. And actually, it came up the way I remember, almost as if you like chest high. Isn't it? <laughs> Usually, we, we we tend to think we think in the brain, but anyway, that's just the memory. But the important thing was this phrase came up, 
as I was just thinking about one particular person, oh, may, may you be well, may you be peaceful, may you be happy. I said, oh, that's interesting. You know, didn't, I didn't intend to think that or try that. But, of course, it's a practice that I've been in, you know, known about for a long time and done every now and then. So it's like you know, something that the mind had in there somewhere stored away and it, it just put it out at that, at that point. You know. And I picked it up. I thought, oh, this is interesting. I, I listened into that and then I thought about somebody else. And this, again, this, this phrase came up. May you be well. May you be peaceful. May you be happy. And then it just took on like its own momentum. So it almost came up almost like a mantra. You know, it was all those different people that I was thinking of, the situations, the different problems. And it was always a hundred different kind of problems coming into the mind. And the, but the heart was always responding with one response, one attitude. And it felt rather good. <laughs> it came maybe, you know, I recognize that that moment came out of a certain sense of um, maybe tiredness, you know, of, of being with all this stuff in my mind and also with the helplessness of not being able to do anything. But it felt very genuine. That was very true. I actually truly felt that. You know, I didn't make that up or try to feel that. It was actually a genuine response. You know. And so that was true. Yes, I, I felt that. And I could actually focus on that and really enable that and allow that to happen. And then what it did, and it just, just stayed with it, of course it, it started to actually make the mind peaceful and unify it. Before, I'd always try to just somehow be with her body or with her breath and just no way. I just, I just I couldn't put my, my hand down. It was like put, trying to put up a tent in the middle of a hurricane or something. And it was just too much stuff going on. But this thing I could do. You know, it, was, it, was just a, it was just a true response to all the chaos in my mind. And I could extend it all to, also to myself. You know, may I be well. May I be peaceful. You know, may, may I be happy. And it felt true, it felt right, and it felt good. So the mind started actually to, to unify on that one, on that, on that attitude. You know? And also, as I was able to actually feel it in the body, it was actually a way of, of bringing my attention, you know, finally, uh, in a very pleasant way, into the body. That was quite a revelation for me, you know, particularly because I'd never actually very much tried to do that as a meditation very consciously, that it is somehow the initiate, the, you know, it just initiated itself in that moment, and then I just could pick it up and just you know, develop it more consciously. But then, what I actually tried to do before, then was actually started to be actually possible. I was actually able then to do that. You know, the, the awareness came into the body in a very um, soft and peaceful way, and so then I actually could actually relate and actually start to get a sense of a spacious awareness of whatever was come up from which I could then actually start or my mind or whatever, you know, the natural intelligence could actually then start to respond to all the problems that I was circulating in the, in the mind from a more clear, from a more peaceful, from a deeper kind of way you know, and actually could start to actually see through some of those things and sort them out and actually come up with some skillful inner responses, you know, or where there weren't, weren't any solutions to be, just be able at least to to put it down. You know. So again, for me, that, that was just the way I was saying that this, that was in another way, a different way for me to come to that space of, of uh, insight, you know, of just abiding in awareness you know, and allowing us kind of the, the natural intelligence of awareness to operate in that clarity of, of just aware, non-judgmental appreciation of our experience. You know, those two always have to come together.
no matter from which end we try to get in there, you know, we have to bring the the knowing, the seeing, the more analytical band of the mind together with actually feeling quality you know, of the heart in the body. So that's my offering tonight for you. May you all be well, may you be peaceful, and may you be happy. <laughs>